Welcome and thank you for coming to be a part of our worship today. We're excited to have you in this time of online worship. We're separated physically, but we're united together in lifting the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for coming to be a part of that this morning. We're excited to be able to raise the name of Jesus, to listen with our hearts to his word. And then we hope and pray that you'll leave from this time Uh, seeking to serve the Lord in new and fresh ways, even during some of these challenging moments that we have facing the virus and everything else that we've been facing over these days. I want to pray with you this morning, and I I thank you for letting me do that. Heavenly Father, I, I just want to give thanks for the good people of National Heights Baptist Church. Thank you for their willingness to serve you, to praise you, to worship you. Even in difficult days, we ask, Heavenly Father, that even during these times when we're separated physically, that you will unite us together in the hope and love that we have for Jesus Christ. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you this day, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we're going to be looking in the book of Deuteronomy and chapter 10, asking a very important question, what does God want? I'm really, really glad to be married, and that for a lot of reasons, but one is that Marcia is a really good date. I was never very good at the dating thing. I always seemed to get something wrong. I'd, I'd pick the wrong restaurant, the wrong movie, the, the wrong something somewhere along the way. I just couldn't get it right. But with Marsha, all I got to do is just ask her what she wants to do. As long as Marsha knows what she wants to do, we're good to go. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting with verse 12, Moses receives a word from God about what God wants. In the first Verses of that chapter, God has rewritten the tablets of the, for the Ten Commandments. You know, the first tablets were destroyed when Moses came down from the mountain and found the people of Israel uh, worshiping a, a false idol. But now God has rewritten the tablets for him and he has those restored. Th- those Ten Commandments provided Israel with God's foundational laws. And those commands would, would guide them to be the people that God wanted them to be. Now God follows that with a statement that he makes to Moses summarizing what it was that he wanted from his people. We find God's word here in Deuteronomy chapter 10, starting in verse 12. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. This morning, I hope that all of us can know what God wants. First of all, we need to know what it means to fear the Lord. 
There are a number of concepts in the Scripture that are very important for us to understand. Actually, I guess we need to understand all of the concepts in the Bible. They're all important. But but this one that's mentioned here in verse 12, it's a big one. It's mentioned in several places throughout the Scripture. We need to understand what it means to fear the Lord. In English, that word fear typically expresses an emotion of terror. Now, we see that used in the Bible that way as well. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, where the people of Israel fear the fire that they see on Mount Sinai. Or in Genesis chapter 31, where Jacob fears that his family will be taken from him. So that word is, is used in that context, that context of, of terror. But the Hebrew word for fear actually goes much deeper than that. It is often used in the context of worship, describing a a reverence and a motivation for righteous living. And that's the meaning that's given here in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 12. Godly fear would lead the people of Israel to obey his command, not out of terror, although that would be appropriate before the awesomeness of God, but rather out of worship and reverence, out of a recognition for who God is. That kind of fear is born out of an understanding of the character of God. When we understand the person of God, who God truly is, we recognize that the only logical choice is to follow His command. Godly fear leads us to seek to be holy because we recognize the holiness of God. Godly fear should be reflected in the decisions that we make in life in the way that we live each day. The term became so important in the biblical time period that those who chose to follow God who were not out of the Jewish lineage, they would often be described as God-fearers. The fear of God is directly connected to our love for God. God loves us, so we should in turn love Him. It's one of the first verses of Scripture that many children learn in 1 John chapter 4. God is love. As we worship God, as we understand more and more about the depth of His love for us, that love leads us to the very same place to a passion, to a desire to live for Him. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. It's the most used one-word question in all of history. Every parent has heard it because every child has asked it. Why, as in, why do I have to clean my room? Why do I have to go to bed? Well, the explanation, because I told you, 
And that works, sort of, but there are reasons beyond that. Your child needs to go to bed because they've got to go to school tomorrow. Your child needs to clean their room because they can't get the door open to their room for all the stuff that's laying on the floor. And no, not being able to get the door open is not an excuse to skip school tomorrow. God told us to obey Him just because He told us so. That would actually be enough. He is, after all, God. He has the authority and the power to tell us anything He wants to. But there's more. We fear God and serve Him because He is God, but it doesn't stop there. God loves us. He loves us with what the Bible describes as an everlasting love. That love leads to the same destination as our understanding that He is God. We love Him, and therefore we want to live for Him. Our worship leads us to love the Lord, to grow in that love. That love springs out of us as we praise His name. And that leads us to a desire to serve Him. God's love leads us to serve Him. When the nation of Israel recognized God for who He truly is, when they lived in in a reverence and an awe for His power, when they recognized the depth of His love for His people, then they would follow His command. God's Word to them tied all of this together. Again, there in verse 12 of Deuteronomy 10, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Service to God for His people was not just to be an obligation, something they had to do. It was not to be a burden. It was an outgrowth of their faith and of their worship. Their obedience to God's command would spring out of their understanding of who God is. The thing was, if they simply knew a set of rules, even as powerful as the Ten Commandments, if those were simply some rules for them they immediately would try to find the loopholes, a way to get around the commandments, a way to just barely get over the level of being able to say, yeah, I I did that. But if they worshipped God, truly worshipped Him as the Lord of all, if they understood God's tremendous love for them as his people, then they would serve him not out of an obligation to a list of rules, but they would serve out of their love and devotion to God. They would come to the same conclusion as Solomon does in the book of Ecclesiastes. In that book, Solomon tries to find fulfillment in power, in Riches, 
in excess, and in a lot more. But in the end, he discovers the truth. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. One commentator describing the progression that we see in Deuteronomy chapter 10 describes it this way, that the fear of God springs from the knowledge of one's own heart, which results in love and obedience to God, manifested in serving the Lord. That's what happens. As we begin to realize more and more about who God is, as we grow in our understanding of his love for us, which causes us to love him even more, as we begin to understand all of that and grow in all of that, it leads us to serve him. When you're trying to reach a destination You've got to figure out three things. You've got to figure out where you are, where you're going to start. You've got to figure out where it is you're going to go. And then you've got to figure out how you're going to get there. For example, we can't take trips right now, but we're all looking forward to those times when they're going to open the doors and we're going to be able to take the trips we want to, to go to family and friends, to take a vacation, whatever it may be. Let's say you're taking a vacation trip to Hawaii. If you're going to do that, you wouldn't go online and purchase train tickets. Not a lot of trains going from Stringfield to Hawaii. First, you've got to know what your goal is. Your goal is the beach at Waikiki. Now, Waikiki is on an island in the Pacific, so a train's not going to get that done. You're not going to be able to rent a car to get you there. You're not going to be able to get a bus ticket to get you there. To get there, you've got to have a plane or a boat, and they need to be headed in the right direction. But when you purchase the right tickets, you're going to head to the airport on the right day at the right time. You're going to find your seat And before you know it, you'll be wiping sand between your toes on the beach. How do we serve God? We know that the commandments are right. We know what the Bible says is true. So how do we do it? Or, Or more importantly, how do we get our life right with God? Well, When we look at God's word, when we see his command, it becomes apparent really quick that we just don't measure up. Uh, We we may get by the don't murder anybody and don't steal anything. We might get past those, but, but then there's that one about coveting. Why did that one have to be in there? And and then the one about lying, well that boat's already sailed and it's not going to Hawaii. The only way to be right with God is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Only through His grace and forgiveness purchased for us on the cross. That's the only way our life can be what it's supposed to be. When we 
understand that. When we recognize just how much God has done for us, just how big a price Jesus paid for our salvation, when we start to understand the depth of His love, our only logical response is to love Him, to worship Him, and to obey Him. It will lead us to a passion, a desire to be the people that God wants us to be. That's where God's love leads us. God's love leads us to serve Him. So how can you do that? Let me challenge you today to find ways, not just this morning while you're watching this online, but all through the week, to find ways to worship God. Maybe that'll just be stopping along all the busy activities of your day and just just taking a look at the beauty of the sky, the wonders of a flower blooming in your garden, the the joys of, of, of seeing some kids ride their bikes down the street. And just take a moment and give thanks to God. Just worship Him for His goodness, for His grace. Take a moment to to look in His Word. And as you find a passage of Scripture that, that, that really speaks to your heart, stop for a moment and say, God, thank You for giving us Your Word for us. Maybe take some time and read through a favorite hymn. Take a little moment to, to stop and go out on the back porch and, and just have a time just between you and your Heavenly Father, giving thanks to Him, asking for guidance in your life. Take time this week to worship. Because if we do that, if we truly worship God, as we understand more and more about His love, we're going to understand more and more about serving Him. I hope you'll do that this week. Heavenly Father, help us to worship You. Not just through actions, not just through uh, a series of, of rules and regulations, but God, help us really, really worship You. Because as we understand more about who You are, our passion is going to be to serve You. So help us, Heavenly Father, to worship you today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Maybe this, as you've watched this today, you've, you've come to understand a, a very significant truth in your life that, that you're not where you need to be with God right now. Maybe for the first time you, you've recognized your need for the Savior. And we would love to help you with that. If you'll simply email us here at the church, nhbc at nationalheights.org, we will send you some information that will help you understand how you can receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can do that right now by simply admitting your need. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of what God would have us to be. But Jesus Christ has paid the price for all of that. And then three days later, he rose again. He's alive right now. He can be your Lord and Savior today. We'd love to help you to know how you can commit your life to Jesus. 
Maybe there's another way that God is speaking to you today. Maybe you're looking for a church home. We'd be thrilled to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. Maybe there's some prayer need you'd like us to pray with you. Maybe you know the Lord, but, but you're recognizing that your life just isn't really where it needs to be. And, and we'd be get, glad to pray with you and to show you some ways that you can, can worship the Lord. You can read the Scripture. You can spend some time with Him in prayer that will help you to take those next steps in your walk of faith. Just contact us here at the church. Again, nhbc at nationalheights.org. We'll be glad to pray with you today. Thank you again for your extraordinary faithfulness and being a part of these times of worship, your generosity in your giving. You continue to send in your tithes and offerings both online and through the mail, and we are so grateful for your faithfulness in doing that. Thank you for all the ways that you're keeping up with each other and phone calls and texts and Zoom meetings and all kinds of opportunities and ways that you're using to, to touch each other, to pray with each other, to just communicate ministry needs back and forth with each other. Thank you for what you're doing to serve the Lord. We look forward to serving Christ with you here at National Heights. God bless you.